Wrestling with the Basics is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift. We're on a mission from God. something completely different. Good morning and happy Saturday to everyone. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. Basics. Well, Matt. Uh, you've been doing a little Reformation series at your church, I understand. In fact, what what is there a title to this Reformation series? We have been calling it Things That Every Lutheran Should Know. Okay. So it's kind of the Reformation for Dummies. <laughs> kind well, of, sort of. How appropriate for us. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, hey, this would fit in great with Wrestling with the Basics. It's a natural. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure Matt has something of significance to share with you that you should know about the Reformation. But we have some insignificant things we also want to share first. Imagine okay? that. Can we do that? Yes, let's do that. So first of all, we're starting a little campaign today, and and, and when this spreads throughout the, the world, because this is a world celebration, right? It it's is. Not, just, is. not here in St. Louis, right. not just even in America. All over the world, Worldwide, we're celebrating. What, like what do they KPO. call it? What do they call it, the things we're celebrating? This is the 500th anniversary yeah, of no. the Reformation. No, we don't want to call it that anymore. It is, the, it is the quincentennial the quincentennial celebration of the Reformation. The, the, the fancy word for well, 500 years. How often do you get to, to get to use the word quincentennial? I'm 65 years old and never in my life, I, I use bicentennial yeah, in my lifetime. Yeah, sure. We've had bicentennial. I don't know. You probably weren't even alive at the bicentennial. No, I, I wasn't arrived in 76. So. so I'm thinking if we don't use quincentennial now, we will never have an opportunity to use it again. So people quit with the 500th anniversary. It is the what? Quincentennial. Thank you, Joe. Well, yeah, really, here in the U.S., there's not many things that are 500 years old. Well, there's no, really, there isn't. There, there ain't the country isn't even. Yeah, old. there isn't. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, let's, so, so let's break so, it out. And sure, so when this becomes a thing, and I, I can see right now it's going to become the big trend. We're going to see this going. Remember, it got started here at... Wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. So that's number one. No more 500th anniversary. Quincentennial. And the other thing is, is what people forget is amongst the many changes that the Reformation made, one of the biggest is it changed our beer, too. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you're pointing this out, John. This <laughs> and, and, and I'm not making this stuff up. If, if you want to find out the documentation, just go on to NPR, St. Louis Public Radio, and Google beer and luther this did not make the list of seven things every lutheran should know that we've been looking at well but, i don't know why it should it should have been on it well it is now it's on the list Good. now Good. yeah you'll have to do another sermon to add on because <laughs> apparently what happened was in in the days of the reformation uh the catholic church pretty well controlled the spices that were used to make beer 
Uh, oh, they okay. controlled it. They regulated. They taxed that it. That much influence. And and so these German reformers said, well, well we're not going to be giving money to the church. We're not going to be supporting the papacy and all of their false teachings. So they started adding hops instead of the regulated spices. Hops, which, by the way, are a very hardy plant, and they grow all over Germany. Now, I, I don't know how they ever thought that hops would do the job, but hops does the job. Doesn't it, people? Don't you love hops in your beer? You gotta love the hops. In fact, you drive by, you can drive by the uh, Anheuser-Busch Brewery, and you can smell the hops, can't you? You can. Yeah. I love it. I go to Gus's Pretzel right across the street. You get your pretzel, you get your hoppy smell, you can't beat and, it. And you wouldn't have that if it wasn't for our good Lutheran Reformation. So, Holy thank God. you, Martin Luther. Thank you, Martin Luther. For making the beer that we have today. So, How about that? Katie, not bad. I, you know, Katie Katie was a brewer. I don't know if people realize that or not. She she brewed her own beer. She brewed her own beer. Yeah, yeah. I hear that it wasn't really good at first, but she practiced, and now it's yeah. just as good as anything you can get at InBev. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Katie. Yeah, Very I think InBev nice. bought her out. I, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't read the full story. I think in the end they, they, in, uh, they bought out because uh, it had hops in it, and they said, we need the beer with the hops. All right, enough of that. What more about the quincentennial should we know, Matt? Well, you know, uh, let's see here. All right, now, there's no time okay, for foolishness. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah, Although yeah. the beer thing is pretty interesting. It I, is. I did not realize that. I think that. that deserves a fanfare. Yes, I think it <laughs> okay. does, too. Again, thank you, Martin Luther, for beer. All right. In, in fact, Enjoy a nice cold one while you're wrestling, wrestling the basics this morning. That's right. <laughs> Have it with your Yeah, a few oatmeal. beers, it starts to make sense. <laughs> Otherwise, you might be confused by wrestling with the basics. But, I mean, it is remarkable. I mean, our, our members during this you know, quincentennial of the Reformation, yes. they've been passing on articles that they've come across. Yeah, And it, it is fascinating because they're not just theological articles about how he influenced the church, but it's about an influence of culture and publishing and technology and politics and the economy and the list goes on and on and on but and here's beer too so and yeah, it seriously it did uh, there's many good books out there that talk about how the reformation really has formed the society that we know and we we love today yeah even democracy um, and our idea of what government is and yeah, so speak, speaking about that, you brought to mind something I had not intended to share, but if you want to read what I think is one of the finest summaries of Luther's life, it come, came out of the New Yorker magazine. Oh, yeah. But you can't get any more liberal than the New Yorker magazine, no more <laughs> secular than the New Yorker magazine. But Google New Yorker magazine Martin Luther, and they wrote just a really fine article summarizing the life of Luther and actually a pretty positive view of Luther coming from a secular uh, uh, source yeah yeah it, it's 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 good to find something that's pretty succinct because there's some really good biographies yeah, i mean yeah. oh my goodness there's shelves and shelves of biographies written about luther but something that's succinct that you could you know, share with someone say oh here you go here's yeah, luther yeah, in a nutshell so, so look that up and it's, it's like i said it's it's a, not a bad article at all yeah. especially considering the source uh so what else is that it are we done are we closing are we now wrapping up? <laughs> we might as well <laughs> yeah what it's else do you be need? hard to top the beer yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll I'll try. Uh, we we looked at a couple weeks ago. We looked at law and gospel. We, we yes, thought, we oh, did. That is something every Lutheran that's should a, know. That's yeah, a change right? that Lutheranism, the Reformation, yeah. the quincentennial celebration yeah. of law and Very gospel. Very good. So another thing uh, that every Lutheran should know uh, is the means of grace. The what? The me- <laughs> the means of grace. 
And that, that's kind of a churchy word, right? It is. See, kind now you're a, talking about one of those words like quincentennial. What in the world I, does I that know. mean, the means of grace? So we don't use quincentennial that much outside of the 500th anniversary. Even then we don't use it. But the means of grace, we don't use that much outside of church and worship. It is kind of a, a churchy term. And, and maybe it's one that is pretty unique to Lutheran. It is. Really, I think it think is. Yeah, it. yeah the, at yeah. least the emphasis of it is. I think other churches probably would acknowledge what you're yes. going to share. But, but the emphasis is certainly a very much part of the Reformation. Yeah. So I want to unpack that a little bit. I think that maybe the first step is, okay, means of grace. All right. Well, what is... Grace. Ah, that's I, a good I point. I think it's a word we take for granted a little bit. I mean, we have hymns like that's Amazing my aunt. Grace. We, yeah, my Aunt have, Grace. You have an Aunt Grace? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just making that up, actually. Uh, it's a very common yeah. name, yeah, Grace, yeah, but that's not what a, you're talking a 90th about. In a, a 90th birthday in our congregation, Grace Knoll just turned 90, ah, cool. and so we, we sang Amazing Grace before oh, her at her wedding at, cool. at her party, and yeah. uh, it just reminded her it's not about her. The, the, <laughs> the hymn was not originally written about our Grace, but... So grace. So how do you how do people define grace, John? How would you define grace? You know, where uh, pastors talk about free it all gift, the time. free gift, undeserved gift. That's the kind of thought when you talk about grace. Yeah, I yeah. think it's yeah, a gift, a free gift, and especially in terms of God's grace, uh, that gift from God to us. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. This uh, something that's undeserved, uh, an undeserved gift, undeserved mercy. In God's cases, He shows us uh, shows that to us, undeserved forgiveness, salvation. Uh, ultimately, in, in contrast to reward, payment, exactly. salary, those kind of terms where you've done something and now you're getting what you deserve, but grace is getting what you don't deserve. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a wage. It's not something we earn. No, it's 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 a gift. It's a gift. Undeserved gift. Yeah, very good. So uh, can I tell a story? Oh, yeah, please you're, do. You're not going to play that one sound effect on, are you? <laughs> Since you're controlling the sound That's effects, good. you're on your own. <laughs> So I was I was away uh, at school uh, in Nebraska, Concordia University in Nebraska. So away from home, uh, over 400 miles away from home. But you know the worst of it might have been I was also 400 miles away from Ted Drew's frozen. Custard. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! It was what it was a, a rough sacrifice. time. Yeah. Uh, so my my birthday rolled around. My birthday is in late February, February 29th. Leap year, baby. And uh, all of a sudden, this big package comes in the mail. Ah. And it's this big sort of beat up styrofoam box yep yep what in the world is this so i open up the box and inside the box is uh dry ice and about a dozen ted drew's mini isn't that cool i was the most popular guy on the dorm floor (laughs) until the custard ran out (laughs) so you shared your custard did did you what a nice guy what a christian guy you are yeah not bad so so the grace not only was extended to you, but everyone else on yeah, the dance floor. Yeah, so there, yeah, custard, and, you know, I'm trying to make this connection, as you just alluded to, to God's grace. Yeah. And how, in, in terms of the custard, that custard, that wonderful gift from my parents, thanks mom and dad, uh, was delivered by this beat-up styrofoam box that came in the mail, right? <laughs> Do you get money from Ted Drews for the number of times you mention them on this show? <laughs> I would just settle for a free customer once in a while. It's just like, okay. How about a concrete for me and John? <laughs> if you're listening go. out there. Uh, uh, anyway, so the, the the point I'm trying to make is yeah. uh, just like that styrofoam box delivered that delicious frozen custard. Uh, so also uh, those gifts of forgiveness and salvation. Uh, the means they, of they grace have to come in a box, don't they? Come in a box. Yeah, they come it's in a not box. A beat up styrofoam box, and they come in. 
but it's it's other things, other means by which God delivers. But but I, I, I like I like the idea because yeah, the the box doesn't look all that impressive, does it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah. there was something really really cool inside the box for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. So the same with the means of grace. The delivery system, really, when you think about it, isn't all that impressive. We're going to start talking about what are the means of grace, like baptism, communion, you know, water, bread, bread, big wine. deal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Those are some of those common things around. No hops and wine. No hops. <laughs> no secret blend of herbs and spices yeah. that the Catholic Church was using. No, just water, wine, bread. Yeah. Simple things. Um, so the means of grace, what are they? Well, it's put simply God's word. Right? Yeah, the the scriptures uh, and the sacraments, and for us as Lutherans, we recognize two of those: baptism and yeah, yeah. communion, the Lord's Supper. Um, and you know that's interesting too, because because uh, like you say, uh, water that's no big deal. I get water any place I go. Bread and wine, you know. Well, I kind of like a little bread, and wine, but again, nothing spectacular. But the fact that you mentioned the word too. See, most people say well, words. No, no, we have to have force. We have to have power. We have to have might. Words are really nothing. Right? Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words won't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. And, and, and it's just the opposite, right? It's words have power. God's word has power and with the, through the work of the Holy Spirit. So we have this, this stained glass window at Ascension up in our balcony in our choir loft, and we have really pictured there the means of grace. So we have, um, we have uh, a cup and we have these sheaves of wheat, but in the middle of it we have... A Bible. We have ah, we have the yeah, Word. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. what it represents. Uh, we have the Word, and I think that that was probably intentional to put the Word in the center, because really it is the Word that's the means by which God creates faith and keeps us in that faith, and it's really God's Word that gives any power uh, to uh, water, to bread and wine. God's Word is always the center there. Uh, it's kind of like you got the foam box and you open it up. And there wasn't anything in it. Well, that's, you know, that wouldn't do you any good. Thanks for sending me an empty box. Yeah. It's what's in it that actually makes it. But on the other hand, that box is pretty significant then if it's filled with, with uh, the uh, Ted Drew's ice cream. Most definitely. Yeah. So it's not just the box itself, but the box combined with the custard. There you go. That makes a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but I get to recognize, okay, how do we initially come to faith? How, how does yeah, God make yeah. Christians, his people? Um you know, he doesn't just zap us as we're walking on the sidewalk one day and all of a sudden, boy, we're a Christian. All of a sudden we have faith. Uh, and it's also not something that well, we... Well, maybe not for you. <laughs> What's going on over there in New Athens? No, no you're absolutely <laughs> right. No, no. And it's also not just something we do all, all on our own like apart we, from God. It's not like we swallow the, the, the dove. Luther would say, this, yeah, 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 it's not like, yeah, the bird just yeah, came yeah. down. And, Luther, he is so earthy. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, those pictures, those, I like the, yeah, we don't swallow the devil, Holy Spirit. No, it's this means, right? Yeah. Uh, the word creates faith. And, and, and the other thing is, we don't do it apart from God either. So we don't no. do it apart from no. the job or the Holy Spirit or apart from the word. It's not like we just make a the decision all on our own to believe, and now I'm a Christian. Again, some people think that's how it works, but yeah. it isn't. It yeah. isn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's given us a little too much credit, right? Uh, no, it's it's God's work in our lives. So I think where the small catechism really deals with this, one of the places, is in the meaning of the third article. So what we're talking about is right. you got I mean, the creed. You got the creed, so that talks about who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The third part talks about, oh, who's the Holy Spirit? And that really deals with the work of the Holy Spirit, especially through the Word, through the Gospel. So, John, if you don't mind reading that. Sure. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And what does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Yeah, so he's called us by the gospel, right? That's how he gives faith, and that's how he even keeps us in the faith. I think that's important, too. That's something we don't overlook. Uh, But there's no other way. I mean, I think that's just incredible. There is no other way we become Christians. Could, could I just make a, a, the word, a, a the comment gospel. right now? Yeah, as, as long as we're working on yeah, campaigns please. here. So remember, we want quincentennial. We don't want 500 NRC. But here's another thing. I, I keep talking to people. We need to change the wording of the catechism. This this might take a little bit longer. <laughs> this might take some doing, John. Well, but no, because what are you uh, well, the English says he's called me by sure. the gospel, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. There's a means he uses. He doesn't yes. just, like you say, zap people. Um, but what in the German, it says, enlightens me with his gifts, and in the faith, sanctifies and keeps me. Because the way we have it in the English here, where you're called, you're enlightened, you're sanctified and kept, it's like there's four things going on, right? Oh, you got called, you, you got enlightened, you got sanctified. But actually, in, in, in the, the language and the, the words that Luther wrote down when he was trying to offer this explanation, the point is there's faith. That's what there is. There's faith. The faith is the thing that you, you are sanctified by, and the faith is the thing that you're kept by. So it's not like there's two different things going on there, a sanctification and a keeping. No, there's one thing. It's faith. And if you got faith, both of those things are going to happen. You're going to be a holy, sanctified person, a person living in the way of God, and you're also going to be kept in that for an eternity. So I just, again, so if anybody's working on these things, what we wanted to say is he he calls me by the Gospels, enlightened me with his gifts, and in the faith sanctifies and keeps me. Let's put the faith at the beginning, not not at the end. Gotcha. All right, so there's a second campaign right, we can start working on. Boy, you are just full <laughs> I'm sorry. You're becoming an activist. Or, no, well, no, it's good. I, seriously, I, because I, I think people get I, like, yes. like, you know, so, so one of the things is he's going to make it. No, what he's going to do is give you faith. And mm-hmm. if he gives you faith, then you will be sanctified. Yes. But there's no sanctification apart from faith. You no. shouldn't expect that or look for it or think that way. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'll that's shut good. up. Yeah. This outflow from the faith that yeah. God gives yeah. Yeah, through, the, through the word, through the and spirit. That, that's what he keeps you into. Yes. Yeah. Because that's all you need. You don't need faith. You don't need anything else. Okay. Don't don't let anybody out there tell you, oh well, you have faith, but we also have faith and the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Where there is faith, there is always the Holy Spirit. You can't separate those two apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's good. You got my uh, vote, John. All right, thank you. <laughs> For what well, it's worth. You Not begin much. with one, that's how you start with one person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the beer stuff today. <laughs> because okay, yeah. I've got a Luther quote that deals with beer. Oh, cool. This is great. Oh, we like, planned this. This, this, this is not together. an accident. Oh, of course yeah. not. Of course not. So Luther was well aware of the power of the word, right? Yeah. You know, he just he rewrote those words we just talked about in the small catechism. But he also has this quote that's attributed to Luther. You know, so much is attributed to Luther. But this one attributed to Luther. And he writes in that earthy way, Luther way again, uh, when he gives explanation of his work, he says, I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept or drank beer with my friends, the word worked. I did nothing. The word did everything. And I, I think it's beautiful, this acknowledgement. I mean, Luther, like we said, we attribute so many things to him, the economy and politics and faith and beer even. But yeah, Luther would save himself. I did nothing. No, no. I, The word did it all. The gospel did it all. Uh, that means 
of grace did it all, even while I just slept. Yeah, I was asleep. I couldn't do anything. God did it all. And I think this is a beautiful acknowledgement. And, and so also for us as pastors, right? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The Such word a comfort. does it all. Yeah. It's, it's not Matt or John or, or anything else. And I think we've it's, done it's a good word. of establishing that I th- point. I think we've made and it It's certainly not clear. John if, and Matt. nothing else, I'm yeah. the basics. Hopefully that part is, point has been made week in and week out. <laughs> All right. But I, I really like that quote. And, and it is. It is. And, and, you know, see, here's the thing, people. It's not like Luther just came up with this. Read your Bible. It's always about the Word of God. How does he create the world? He speaks the Word and it's created. How did Jesus heal people? He speaks, right? Yeah. The guy could have been in another county and Jesus says, your, your servant is healed, and the guy's healed. It's it's always been uh, by the Word of Jesus. Yeah. And that's all, uh, hopefully, uh, outside of the silliness of this show, we give you a good dose of Jesus' Word and that's going to make a difference. That'll yeah. do everything that we just said it will do. Enlighten, keep you, sanctify you, all of that stuff. Amen. This is not something that started with Luther, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, it was God's word at work when Adam and Eve believed that promise yeah. of a Savior, right? And yeah. God's word was at work when Abraham believed God's promises as they were proclaimed to him. God's word is was at work uh, when Jesus called the disciples to follow him. And we go on and on and on. Uh, thanks be to God. So we have God's word at work as that means in grace. The other thing is the sacraments. Yeah. So in, in baptism and in communion, uh, God's grace at work. God's grace delivered. God's forgiveness, life, and salvation that is given by grace delivered. Uh, so so three quick things uh, for us to, to consider something to be a sacrament. All right. So we've yes. got number one, uh, that it's commanded by God. Right. It's got to have the word. Yeah. So, yeah. so God says, do this. This is what yeah. to do. So Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them. Right. Yeah. Baptism. Do it. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Matthew 28. And so also Jesus says, when it comes to communion, yeah, do this. Right. Take, eat. This is my body, my blood. Uh, eat and drink. And do this in remembrance of me. Right. You know, these are things we should do. It's not our idea. God. It's Jesus' idea. Because exactly. who would have thought of something as crazy as baptism or communion? Exactly. Yeah. I know this is this is a gift from God. Yeah. And then it has this visible element. That's the second thing. Uh, my my custard had the styrofoam box, right? <laughs> a visible, beat-up old styrofoam box. And then, so also baptism. The most common thing on earth may be water. You're going to find it anywhere there's human life. And it's that simple thing that God chooses to connect his word to. So that it's no longer just simple water, but a baptism. Right? Yeah. Life-changing, yeah. flood, water. Uh, and then, of course, bread and wine, too. Uh, I don't know what you guys use when you do things. We use Mogan David. That's what we use, too. That's about Isn't that simple, amazing? Simple yeah. as it gets, yeah. right? There's nothing special about Mogan David. Uh, but connected to God's word, it's life-giving, forgiving. It's the blood it's, it's shed the blood for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's what he says. Yeah. And, and that really, you know, I think that's so neat that he connects it to those visible things because it engages all of our senses, our our taste and our touch and our smell, even our sight. We see this, this being delivered by this means. And that's, that's pretty cool. And then the, the final thing uh, for something to be a sacrament is, is it gives forgiveness, that God promises forgiveness by this means. And, and we remember that that forgiveness is always, always, always tied to Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. And the benefits of his death by the means of the cross and the means of that open tomb and his resurrection delivers to us now in these means of grace, forgiveness earned there by Christ. I tell you what, could, could, I'd like to do something next week now that you've brought it up. Okay. This whole business about forgiveness. I'd like to talk about that next week, uh, that that's really what the church is all about. 
And so everything you mentioned, the word, the baptism, the supper, we, we could have talked about confession, absolution. That's all about forgiveness. Yeah, okay. Very good. Well, we'll talk more about that next week then. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. And we'll see you next week on Wrestling with the Basics.